0: Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work.
1: The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co.
0: And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com.
1: In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design.
0: Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in.
1: Running a design business can get really overwhelming really fast. Like no matter how long you've been doing it, at any point, it can just feel like it's way too much to handle. If it were just for the design work itself, that would be one thing. But we all know that there's a lot more that goes into running your own business. Everything from like managing your inbox, writing content, any marketing you do, um, everything people say you need to be doing constantly like all of those things add up so fast for one person and even if you have a small team that adds up like crazy and i feel like corey you've always been good at or a lot better at like keeping things more simplified in your business um, but it's something that took me a lot longer to embrace, and I think I only embraced it because I was watching you um, not run around like a chicken with your head cut off.
0: Um, well, and I would probably yell at you, so... Yeah, that too. You're <laughs> like, what are you doing
1: right now? <laughs> um, but kind of embracing that mindset of letting things be simple has taken a really big weight off my shoulders, and I know it will do the same for a lot of people listening. So today, we're going to go over five specific things that you should and can simplify in your design business.
0: I'm really excited to talk about this, um, especially because your Simplified Designer Summit that you ran earlier this year was so massively helpful for everyone who attended. So I think this is going to be really great for anyone who maybe missed the summit. Um, so definitely make sure you mm-hmm. listen to this.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. these are some of like the big key points that came up in the summit and that I felt like were the most important and most impactful for people. So hopefully that will still carry over. And for those of you who are there, maybe a little reminder to uh, go back and revisit some of these things. Um, But the first thing I wanna talk about is your onboarding process because this is a big piece of what you do for your clients. You have to do it over and over again. And it's so important if you want your projects to get off to a good start. But the problem is it can be really stressful and really time consuming. For me, I used to take like literally hours, like four or five hours to onboard each client. And I can like think back to specific situations where I'd get home from my day job, go sit down to work on a client project and open my inbox and see another client that wanted to book with me. And my whole night was gone. Like I couldn't work on that client project because I needed to onboard this new client and it would take me hours. And I remember just being so overwhelmed. It was like back and forth emails to try to figure out what they needed, um, because I didn't have a good questionnaire at the time. And then, like, I was using so many different pieces of software. I had contracts in HelloSign that I edited in Microsoft Word first and then uploaded. I had payments in Harvest because their fees were really low, but I always, I didn't pay for that because I was cheap. So I had to, like, go in and delete or archive past clients before I could send an invoice. I was making custom welcome packets, custom proposals. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous and took so, so long for me to do. And that's just not how your onboarding process should be. And I'm curious, Corey, was yours ever bad or close to that bad?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of quietly laughing <laughs> at you because that sounds ridiculous. But when I first got started, mine was exactly the yeah. same. Um, and I think I've probably talked about this in past episodes. But yeah, I manually created my invoices and contracts in Illustrator mm-hmm. because I'm OCD. And oh, I really oh want my. things to work Pretty. So yeah, if someone say someone wanted more than just like one thing, I'd have to like go and make a new like color block and then add more tech. Yeah, no, it was a lot. (sighs) And the more I thought about this, um, when we were preparing for this episode, I realized that when I originally started like actually sending invoices I wasn't sending invoices through PayPal. I would send the PDF invoice that had a note on it that said, send the money through PayPal to this email address. And um, I have gotten used to how my name is spelled in the 27 years that I've been alive, but <laughs> no one else has. So they would be like, okay, I sent the money, I signed the contract, and I would be like, yeah, so I haven't gotten the money yet, so I need you to go back to PayPal, make sure you spelled my name correctly, like copy and paste this, put it in there, send the money. And yes, I think I had like a couple of clients who sent it to the wrong right. So, yeah, (laughs) that created that same kind of back and forth, so I I can't laugh at you, because mine was exactly the same.
1: (laughs) So painful. And, yeah, and there are people listening right now who have this similar situation going, hopefully no one is, like, telling their clients to go in and send the money through PayPal, but maybe there are. Please, God, no, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So... If any of you are in a similar situation to what we have been through, I want you to stop right now or after this episode and think about what you can do to simplify your onboarding process. If it is taking you longer than 15 minutes per client, you have some work to do. So think about things like how you can make communication go more quickly and smoothly. Should you, um, instead of back and forth emails, can you create a really great questionnaire? Or should you schedule a 15 minute call and just get it all out of the way? How can you make communication easy? Um, what can you make templates for? So don't, what did you say you did in illustrator, your welcome packets or something like that? No, my contracts and invoices. Okay. Yeah. Don't do that. like, not that kind of like an easy template. So like use something like seriously, something like Dubsado or 17 mm-hmm. hats or what's the honey book paying those monthly fees are so worth it. Like, Think of how much your time is worth and how much time you're currently spending doing these things. It is worth a small fee per month. So create templates, um, as many templates as you can in that kind of system. Um, think about what kinds of software you can use that re- are going to replace several others. So I was using what hello, sign, harvest, um, who knows what else to send everything. Now I can just use Dipsado. What can you kind of condense into just one system? And are you completing any steps that are totally unnecessary? So me customizing intro packets and welcome packets to the extent that I was was just totally not necessary. Like I was adding step-by-step schedules with dates and Like, no, you don't need to do that kind of thing. So take out anything that is way more complicated than it needs to be. Um, Don't reinvent the wheel each time. Onboarding really, really should be easy. And even something where you can, like, enter your client into a system, click a button, and it takes care of the rest. Like, it shouldn't take up much of your time.
0: Yeah, I know we've talked about Dubsado in the past, and I've said, you know... That was one thing that I waited so long because it's like I can do this for free by using this software and that if I'm really cheap, I can archive these things because I was the same exact way. I'm like, I'm not going to pay for this. So I'm going to create this, have three clients in a month so I don't have to pay for HelloSign. You know, all those kind of things. It's really like, yep. <laughs> and then you, it's like you said, when you finally sit down and you're like, wow, it took me five hours to do all of this because of how cheap I'm being, I could get five hours back with my life and spend that actually designing and making that money. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. What 20 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or something versus however many hundreds you can make in five hours of your time. So yeah, let's simplify the onboarding process. Um, The next one I have here is gathering content from your clients. Holy, like, I'm just thinking back to the summit. And as people were joining the Facebook group for the summit, I asked what they were most excited to simplify. And like, I want to say, 70% of people were talking about gathering content from your clients. It's hard. Like, if you don't have everything, like, solid in place with your system for this, it can be painful, throw your projects off track, like, so bad.
0: Well, I think even if you have your systems all in place, you know, things can still... (laughs) (laughs) There are still going to be those clients. Yes, but (laughs) this will make it so much easier if you take the time to kind of streamline and simplify things.
1: Yeah, and something I want to add is while some clients are really difficult, I want to say like 90, even 99% of the time, like it's not going to be your client's fault. You need to make this easy for them because if you think about it, like your whole process is totally foreign to them. If you're working with you know, someone who is not a designer or a developer, they don't understand all the things we need. They don't understand that you can't just write their content for them or that, they, that you need it ahead of time or what goes on an about page. They don't get that. Um, so my situation is a little different, but I used to just like schedule a project and hope that the client knew what content they needed to send. And that just doesn't work. Um now I personally have like a content checklist that applies to most of my client projects. So at the most I have to like go in and add a couple little checkboxes based on customizations to my packages and send it off. Um, but having that checklist for them makes it really easy. I also have a folder template made for clients to go in and drop their content into. Um, just having that kind of thing set up for them even if you can make examples or use a system like Content Snare that will you know, send out reminders and have templates for them the easier you can make it for your clients, the better it's going to be for everybody and fewer headaches and delays for you.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I actually have a pretty similar setup to how you do it. Um, I just do the Google drive folders. Um, and I've been creating folders for the specific pages that I'm going to be designing. So it's mm-hmm. like even more organized cause I'm OCD in that fact too. Um, and then <laughs> I, uh, Sometimes work with bloggers, and if they don't give me anything, I just use the content that's already there. That's something you can do, um, even for business owners if you're working for them. But a lot of times, you know, when they're getting their website updated, that's a perfect time to update the copy. And just to go back to what you said earlier about... um, you know, clients don't know they that you can't write things for them. I think that's a really good point because I have actually had a client who said, um, I was just going to write copy after I saw your mock-up. So I knew what I needed to yep. create. And I was like, I see your point, but that doesn't make any sense. So it's so yep. much more important that they can get things done you know and get it to you so just keep in mind that you have to sometimes educate your clients a little bit yeah this could even go to like before you're officially onboarding a client like in the intro packet
1: you send before you book make sure they know that you're going to need content like just the expectations that need to be set. We have an episode on setting expectations with your clients. Maybe go back and listen to that. Um, But there's a lot of work that you can do to make getting content easy. It should not be a headache every time. I feel like this is one of the things that will be difficult sometimes just because some clients are that way. Um, But do what you can to simplify this process. Make templates, make folders for them. You know, if you want to make a little like, I don't know, almost like a mini course type thing that just super simple written or videos that just kind of walk them through what you'll need and why and how they can make it convert or whatever, you know, depending on how much work you want to put into it. Those kinds
0: of things are just going to make this so much easier. I totally agree. I think it's really important that you are putting time into it to make things easier for yourself in the long run.
1: Running your own design business is an insane amount of work. It would be one thing if it were just doing your actual client work, you know, the part that makes you money. But we all know that there's a whole lot more to it. That's why I created a checklist that goes through 10 steps you can take for a more profitable and stress-free design business. Head to getbacktodesign.co slash simplify to download your copy today. So let's move on to the next one. The third thing that I think a lot of designers need to simplify is their services. Um... And you guys might not have expected something like this to come up, but not having your services laid out in the right way really complicates absolutely everything. It's going to complicate gathering content. It's going to complicate onboarding um, because you don't, if you have too many services or you don't have specific packages, you are gonna to have to customize things every single time and that is not fun. Um, so if you don't if you do have specific packages and you just kind of list off random things that you can help with, like I can make a website and I can make your social media graphics. Like I see so many websites like this. It's just like a long list of like 20, 30 things you can do. It leads to making custom proposals, custom invoices, custom content checklists if you even get that far. Timelines are gonna be crazy to figure out. Pricing you're gonna have to figure out every time. Like it just gives me a headache and that makes absolutely everything more complicated. So um, along with that, if you have way too many services, then you have to make a ton of different templates. Um, You have to keep kind of track in your mind of all these different processes. Either way is just gonna overcomplicate absolutely everything. Instead, you should really have a few specific services listed out. Like I think three is a really great number. Um, for example, on Coded Creative, we have theme customizations, blog design, and website design packages, three options for people to choose from. And yes, they do get customized sometimes, but it makes it so much easier for us. We can have invoice templates created. We can have our contracts, intro packets, absolutely everything we can have a template for. We might have to tweak it a little bit, but a lot of times we don't. So that just makes your service offerings and everything built around it so much more easy on you.
0: Yeah, and I think going back to, you know, um, kind of streamlining, simplifying your packages, even the number of things that you offer. And we've talked about this, I think, in previous episodes. Um, And, you know, it's like you just said, listing 45 different things that you can do for clients is super overwhelming. If they are overwhelmed trying Mm -hmm. to think of what all things can I hire so and so for, they're not gonna hire you. They're gonna go find someone else who has this really simple thing, okay, I want this, you know, they have their services really plainly obvious listed out on their website and, you know, you don't have to offer 500 things and have it so confusing on your website to get clients, I I promise you. So my recommendation there would be, you know, Mm -hmm. take a look at what your clients are booking most often. So if you have like 15 different services, please, Lord, do not have 15 different services. But if you are out there (laughs) and you have like five or six different services, what is the like three tops that you are selling most often? And just have those on your Mm -hmm. website Um, And then also, you know, think about what you actually want to be doing, because if you don't enjoy doing whatever, it shouldn't be listed on your website. And then um, something else is I know both of us, I think, have things outside of our packages that we really enjoy doing. Like for you, it's maintenance and retainer work. Mm -hmm. And for me. I don't know, it's um, different brand assets that I can create for my clients. So you can also offer those things, you know, outside of your packages, but they don't necessarily have to be listed on your website. Or if they do, they can be listed, you know, like on a separate FAQ page or in your intro packet or, you know, things like that. So not only simplify how you have things Mm -hmm. laid out, but what you have, you know, as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it will make so much space for other things. And it'll make space for you to be able to do the things you're offering much, much better. And I think that's really important for service-based people.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it's not going to overwhelm their potential clients. Because yeah. I can just see, it's like, there's too many things here. I can't even understand, you know, how all this is laid out. I don't understand what I'm paying for. So I'm just going to go to the next. Like, that's exactly what people will be thinking. So keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna to go to people with set packages that kind of tell them what they need instead of them having to yep. figure it out. But anyways, you guys get the point with that one. Nice, simple services is really easy on everybody and can really help you to be able to streamline your business a lot more. Um, the next thing I wanna talk about is not so much related to your actual client work itself, um, but it's outsourcing. And outsourcing is supposed to make things really easy, but if you aren't prepared for it and if you don't do it right, it's actually really, really stressful. And I've talked about my experience with hiring a team in past episodes. So in, what was it, 2016, I hired, I say hired in air quotes. I had a team of contractors um, that I brought on as kind of assistant developers. And I want to say I brought on what, I four so, yeah. at one time. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. Like, it was so bad. Um, <laughs> but anyways, we won't go into that. But managing people, even just like one virtual assistant, takes a lot of planning and you have to be ready for it. Um, and having really clear systems and processes in your business makes things so, so much easier. So instead of having to worry about double checking someone's work, like I used to do with, uh, the first VA I worked with or reminding them how to do things over and over, you can have a written system for them to follow every time. And that way, if they get it wrong, you know, you can go find someone else because you had a step-by-step system for them to follow.
0: Well, and I think that's a really good point, too, because if you're like me, and I have not outsourced, like, anything, because I'm like, it has to be done this way, and in my mind, I know it's not true, but in my mind, I'm like, no one can do it as good as I can. They'll Mm -hmm. screw it up somehow, but if you have, like, this written system, like, okay, open Photoshop, put this color on the graphic, Make this font be this size with this spacing, yep. you know, whatever it is, you're not necessarily having someone create your graphics. But, you know, that kind of detailed system or we have to worry about I have to do this because only I can do it the way I want it done.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's. That's kind of what I want to talk about here is some people might think that that sounds totally awful to have to be like open Photoshop, click this. And it it kind of is awful, but it's so worth it to be able to get that off your plate. And if you do like one system a week, even start right now, if you're not outsourcing, start this week and or outsor- er, like outline one system that you do record yourself doing it once and then write, watch that video back and write out your steps boom, you have one system already that you could outsource whenever you're ready to. Someone can follow those steps and do it just like you do it or suggest ways to make it better.
0: Well, and I think um, you make a really good point, And that reminded me of the um, presentation I think Ashley did in the um, summit about outsourcing is just start with one thing. You know, you don't have yep. to outsource every single random thing that you have on your on your plate. So don't think of outsourcing as this really overwhelming thing that we want you to do. Like simplify outsourcing even by starting with just one thing. Make it easy on yourself and not too stressful. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely
1: agree with that. I think the first thing I ever outsourced was social media scheduling. And even that takes such a big weight off our shoulders to get rid of just that. It's the perfect thing to start with. So next time you go and are scheduling your social media, record yourself doing it write out the process. Boom. When you feel like you're ready to outsource, you have that ready for somebody. So make it simple, but be sure you're prepared when you start outsourcing. So it's not like adding something because it should be something that simplifies what you do. And the last thing I want to talk about here, again, another one that's a little different, but just your entire to-do list in general. Um, This one is the easiest one, I think, but it might be the most important one. Um, When I talked to a handful of designers uh, late last year about what in their business was stressing them out, It was their to-do list. Like Out of all the client work, all the client problems, their to-do list is what was stressing them out the most. And I've been in the same boat, so I can totally relate. So for most of the people I talk to, it's just because there was way too much clutter on it, and it was giving them way too much stuff to do. Um, Like There are so many tasks that had no impact whatsoever on their business. Um, They're just kind of there because they felt like they were supposed to be. Um, You're doing it because some guru says you have to, and then you're responsible for tasks that also could also be outsourced. And you're kind of waiting to outsource because you don't think you're ready, but you should just jump on it. But something that I'm thinking of specifically is like in 2017 and even this year still, people have been going on and on about YouTube. You have to be on YouTube. You have to be creating video content. So I was like, all right, I got to get on YouTube. I have to do this. And I recorded weekly YouTube videos for six months and not it did not do a single thing for me. And it was taking me oh gosh, I don't even know. I want to say like five hours per video. I was paying for it to be edited. I was paying my VA to upload it and, you know, do the blog post for it. It was like a serious expense on my end as well as taking up a ton of time that just wasn't worth it. And I'm sure you guys all have things like that on your to-do list too. So make sure that every single thing on your to-do list is giving you some kind of return, like either now or there's a good chance it will down the road. Something that you haven't already been doing for a year and hasn't given you return and you just feel like it's going to someday so you keep doing it like everything should benefit you in some way
0: yeah and I think that's a really good point not even just um you know what you're doing now but maybe also what you want to be doing because I know literally right now I am guilty of I have this to, like to-do list basically of things that I could do for my business and, um, at the beginning of this episode, I'm kind of good of not like overwhelming myself too much and having too much to do at the same time. I don't have all mm-hmm. those things like, okay, I want to create these things for my shop. I want to launch this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, whatever. Um, cause I know some people, <clears throat> Krista will come up with an idea and immediately <laughs> put it on their to-do list and then outline 500 follow-up tasks that also have to be done, That is, yeah.
1: Speaking of which, we have something to talk about after we record today. So,
0: perfect example. (laughs) That can be so overwhelming. And that really loads down your to-do list, too, because you're putting all these things that you want to do eventually to, I have to do it today or this week or this month, when really, you know, you can say, okay, when I have Mm -hmm. more time in a couple weeks or, um, in, in a couple months, even later this year, you can say, okay, well I can do those things, then you don't necessarily have to do it all at the exact moment that you get the idea. <laughs> I'm agreeing, but I don't listen at
1: all. Yeah, you no, she listen never to listens to this, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, before I get myself into much more trouble, <laughs> to, to recap this episode, really, you can simplify almost everything you're currently doing. Like this week, challenge yourself maybe once a day to stop and think about what you're doing at that time and think about if you can make it easier because it's, it's really common to like start doing something in a really difficult way and it just works. So you just keep doing it that way you don't have to settle like like you don't have to settle for things being way more difficult than they need to be you can like take 15 minutes to make something nice and simple so you'll benefit every time you do it in the future so kind of go back through the things we talked about in this episode and think about what you can do there Um, but for your specific action step I want you to just choose one thing that we talked about and get to work on simplifying it and it might take a little bit of time and effort up front but it's less time and effort you're going to put into it going forward and it's just going to make your life and business a whole lot easier. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online
0: at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available.
1: Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.